Before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests, and which to learn their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is within the barrens. Hi, I'm Leah Voicey from Terrifier 2, where I play the Clown Cafe host, and you're listening to the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Drop on by the Clown Cafe, your favorite meals on wheels. The menu is disgusting and it's full of special deals. Nothing here is good for you, so grab yourselves a tray, cause food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. Day. All right. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Joining us today is the clown cafe icon herself, Leah Voicy. Um, we're here to talk about Terrifier 2, horror, streaming, and music. Uh, so let's all go up in flames together as we talk to Leah about Terrifier 2. Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's been a wild ride, I feel like, for everybody on the Terrifier 2 team, whether you have a small part or a big part, um, I'm going to say that you have probably one of the biggest parts, um, uh, apart from like all the main characters. Um, I went to go see Ice Nine Kills a couple weeks ago, and they're playing the Clown Cafe yeah, intro <laughs> at all their shows. There's clips and people singing it, people doing covers of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's been awesome so it, it, it's it's cool to see you know other people start getting a spotlight um from this little film yeah for sure it's been a really cool like seeing the fan reaction i think that terrifier just has the best fans the most dedicated fans they're making us all feel like really special and yeah i mean i wouldn't say that my role is particularly big as you said in the film but i think it's memorable and i think that's why people are reacting so positively towards it especially because of the song the clown cafe which was written by john and al kaplan i get that question actually all the time if if i wrote the song i'm like no i'm just the actor (laughs) there are some other big brains behind that it's so catchy like you could hear that on the radio and you would be like wow this is a great song and (laughs) i think they should start playing it on the radio because i agree It's such a memorable scene as well because it's so like out of context with the rest of the movie, and it's it's kind of like it almost kind of reminds me of like a bit of a kind of Freddy Krueger film in a way, you know, like that kind of dreamscape where it just all really goes like batshit. What's going on here? And that scene in particular, when you know, after watching, I've watched the movie a few times now, and that's the scene that always comes to me straight away is that clown cafe scene. I love it. I mean, it's great. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, I like how. Yeah, for sure. And it is so different from the rest of the film because obviously it like doesn't exist within the realm of reality, I guess. And just it's so bright in comparison to everything else that we're seeing. So, yeah, 
I guess I'm a little biased because I'm in the scene, <laughs> but like I definitely would consider it one of my favorite ones from the film. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it's one that everybody talks about. Um, even when they were doing the, the live tweeting and everything, um, I think it was last week of Terrifier mm-hmm. 2, everybody was just going nuts for that scene. And even when I saw it in the theater, um, a couple, uh, I think I went like three or four times to go see this movie in the theater. Um, and everybody, everybody loved that scene. They were all laughing and clapping. Some people were singing <laughs> it, leaving the theater. I was like, yes. Yes. Yes, that's, that's what we need. We love um, to see it. <laughs> horror is just thriving, you know, and it's awesome to, you know, see you uh, a part of this really big movie for a very small budget it, yeah it, the success of terrifier 2 um not just like budget wise but for the horror um fandom and and horror movies in general is amazing <laughs> what, yeah, it's, it's, what it's been doing it's been a great year for horror in general i think that so many cool films came out so the fact that like we weren't sort of like pushed under the surface because of that, that like we we were able to push through all the noise of all the other films out and like really make such a huge impact. This Halloween season was awesome. I mean, I never anticipated this film would be in theaters for Me three either. days, which is what, yeah, which is what it was supposed to be. And now it's been over a month and it's still in theaters. It's just absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. And also all the love that Screenbox has been giving it, which Screenbox, too, they're, yeah. they're very... um close with us on this podcast um oh nice. and um we were actually able to see terrifier 2 early because of Screenbox, so we love them for that nice um, especially over here in the uk because we didn't get it i think in fact i still don't think we've got it i think we can rent it or buy it on prime uh, i think there's a physical now i'm pretty sure there's physicals you can buy that you're right there is a physical release now actually yeah but we had to wait <laughs> we had to wait you guys got it way before us over here that's always the way you guys always get a cool mm-hmm. show always <laughs> uh, usa is good for some things <laughs> we'll just leave it at that <laughs> there's um, such a huge huge terrifier fan base over here in the uk even though even before people got to see anything to do with the second film people were in love with art with art already you know people going to uh, conventions horror cons dressed in cosplay as art yeah so he is definitely you know cemented his place uh, in um as a horror icon for sure oh. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be seeing the imagery of Terrifier 2 for a oh, long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for T3. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, so one thing I always like to do with our guests is I like to kind of go back to the beginning. I know you, you kind of have your hand in a lot of stuff, Leah. You do streaming. You also have um, a little production company, I'm I'm sure. It's um, mm-hmm. Late Bloomer Pictures. Yep. Um, and obviously you you sing and and lots of other things. So I wanted to kind of take it back to where it all began. Um, was it when you were a child? Did you discover your love for music or was it for film? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I just had a love of the arts in general. But I, I feel like it started actually with like musical theater, which is so funny because now I have like really very little interest in musical theater (laughs) but when I was younger I was really shy and my mom put me into theater classes to kind of like open me up a little bit and then you know I started getting soundtracks for my birthdays from like different um different Broadway shows and there was like this little room in our basement it was just like this tiny little room and there was nothing in it so I had like a little karaoke machine down there and I had like all these notebooks where I would like print out the lyrics to all these songs like not just musical theater but like songs as well 
put them in all these binders and just like sit down in my basement singing like karaoke, like day in and day out. And from there it evolved to theater. And like, I went to college as a theater major, but they didn't have a musical theater program. They didn't have a film program. But by then I sort of like knew that I wanted to transition more into film than anything. Then I lived in New York for eight years. I got into voiceover work through that. So yeah, for me, there's never really been like one main focus of like, this is what I want to do. I just consider myself like an all around creative person. And I just sort of am doing whatever feels good in the moment of like, what whatever is like interesting me the most. <laughs> wow, that's that's a lot. And that's another thing that Dean and I have been kind of realizing too, is like, everybody who's in in film that we've talked to like in horror or even like this artists they're all putting their hands in so many different outlets and in in art and then they kind of like always go towards film <laughs> like sometimes mm -hmm. they'll start like doing drawings and it's like you know what now i want to do animation for yeah or stuff like that mm -hmm. or like i was a, a dancer but now like <laughs> i want to do stuff on screen so it's 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 always funny to see everybody's paths kind of reaching the same point yeah um, and it's it's cool and i like seeing everybody thriving in the things that they love and seeing mm -hmm. you in this film and you actually play a double role which is really really cool you don't really see that oh yeah lot. that was so fun <laughs> <laughs> you don't really see that in a lot of films like people doing double roles especially nowadays that's like more something that you would have seen in maybe like late 70s to like the early 90s yeah now everybody's like i play one role and that's it nothing else and and I'm curious to like what the reasoning behind that was. Like, I'm not sure if for Damien, it was just sort of like an Easter egg to leave for fans to find, or if there's mm. like a deeper meaning to it. I know that like, that's a question I've gotten a few times, but I don't know the answer. So I'm just as curious as other people is like, yeah. what was I doing in two roles in that film? I'm curious to find out. <laughs> well, I know like from um, talking to Damien, this movie, like he was saying he wanted to answer some questions, but he also mm -hmm. wanted to lot more to pop up so i would imagine that we may not be seeing the end of clown cafe uh might be a different version of it or coming back as something we don't really know I hope exactly so. <laughs> what happened to you we just hear you kind of screaming at the end of the movie and that yeah and that's kind of it so who knows maybe it could be the latter it could be both things like it's two realities morphing into one Mm -hmm. that's that's why i think this movie is so brilliant because there's so much there so much to for you to think about and have to oh, go back sure. and watch the movie again you know yeah it definitely left a lot of questions for the audience which i think is sort of like the best thing that a film can do because it also definitely satisfied the gore fans the slasher fans like we got all of that but in addition to that, we got this like cast of characters that we're like really rooting for and we like, and we got all these unanswered questions leading us up to whatever Terrifier 3 is going to be, which yeah. is so exciting. Yeah, very, very excited for it. Um, Dean, I'll let you throw a couple of questions. I know you have a over there. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how, how did you get involved with Terrifier 2? Um, how did that all come around? And had you already seen the first movie before you auditioned like was you kind of did you know about art and yeah I, I knew about the film because I was friendly with the guys from fuzz on the lens who work who worked on terrifier so that's uh Jason Levy Michael Levy Steve Del Sala 
I'd worked with them on film projects before. So I remember when we were working on something, they had mentioned that soon they were getting ready to get into casting for Terrifier 2. And they told us about Terrifier 1, but that's kind of all I knew about it was them kind of explaining it to me. But then I saw the casting notice and for for Terrifier 2. So I submitted mm-hmm. for that. And I, I think I texted them and I said, like, hey, just submitted. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't miss me. Um, but I was brought in for Allie and Brooke initially. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would have been crazy. You doing that scene as Allie? <laughs> I, you know what? More power to them. I'm happy where I landed. Um, I mean, you did go up in flames, so I guess, you know. That wasn't me, though. That was yeah, somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it all worked out the way that it was supposed to, especially like with me having a singing background. I'm very, very happy that that was the role I ended up with. But more than that, like, I'm glad that they even thought of me because, you know, they didn't reach out to me for the initial audition. Like, I submitted myself and I let them know that I was interested and they brought me in for Allie and Brooke. But for the Clown Cafe, they they contacted me about that. I don't even oh. think they put a casting notice out for it. They just knew that I, uh, Jason knew that I sang. And so he thought like this role might be good for you. Let's do a video and see. And I guess Damien approved it. So <laughs> that's how I ended up getting that role. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then the nurse was added in like months and months later after we had already finished the Clown Cafe. Like I thought I was totally done with the film. And then Damien... Um, I guess changed that scene. I I think the scene always existed, but I think originally it was just like going to be another actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then he asked me to do it, and I was extremely grateful for that. And now it's yeah. an iconic scene forever. Yes, <laughs> I'm taking a lot of questions off my list because you've answered quite a few of them in just that one. Oh. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I talked a lot. No, it's good. No, that's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Great. <laughs> are you are you are you a big fan of the horror genre? Have you always been a big fan of the horror genre? I am a big fan of the horror genre. So I always have this thing where like I love facing my fears. It, like I don't like when things are when I have things that I'm afraid of. So I go out of my way to like combat that. So when I was a kid, the first horror film I ever saw was Poltergeist. Oh, and yeah. the second oh, wow. one was Chucky. Ooh, and yeah. I was young. It scared it scared me so much. They, those films really, really scared me. And I think because of that, I was always so interested in the genre and like Mm -hmm. overcoming that. And now like the feeling of getting scared, I like absolutely love it. I wouldn't say like within the horror genre that like gore would necessarily be like my favorite favorite, but the truth is like, I really do love all of it. I just haven't seen like a ton of the classics, you know, there's so many films I haven't seen. So I can't say that I'm like, a bona fide, like well-versed horror fan, but like, do I like getting scared? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And like, I can sit home and watch a horror film alone with all the lights off. You know, I, I'm not someone who's going to get like freaked out by that in the least bit. It's, <laughs> and I do it pretty often. <laughs> that's so weird too. When you think of it, like everybody's like, Oh, horror is so comforting. I feel like everybody who doesn't like horror, that's like, these people are just the whack jobs. What are they doing? I googled this before. Like, <laughs> what is the psychopathy behind people who like horror and gore? But my research was inconclusive, so yeah. I don't know well, what it is that makes us like this stuff. But <laughs> what there was a client, there was a book, and I can't. Do you know what? This is no help at all because I can't remember. What the book was <laughs> but there was a foreword in the book by Clive Barker, who did mm. all the Hellraiser movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite. 
yeah explaining exactly why people like horror and i remember reading it thinking oh my god yeah, that's true but i can't remember what the book's called so well if you find out let me know because you know. number one i love hellraiser that's like one of my favorite franchises and um i would also love to know why people love horror because i don't understand it and yet i'm one of them so because we're all freaks <laughs> yeah and yeah, the exactly. best of ways because like real gore want, like uh-uh no way i can't i can't do real gore at all <laughs> yeah 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 same it's it, it was, it, go ahead dean it was something along the lines of us kind of just mocking our own mortality or something like that you yeah know, making, i like that fun it. it was something along those lines clive parker put it very very well but i can't remember <laughs> exactly what he said yeah i'll try to dig it out and i'll let you guys know i'll see if i can find it Please do. <laughs> um one thing I wanted to ask you, I know you were kind of touching on this, um, that you wanted to get into, I guess, uh, horror conventions or conventions like um, in general. Is there any ones that you would like want to do or like um, Terrifier or anything else? Is there like one that you're like, I want to get into this convention? Well, I'm on a few conventions at the moment. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I'm already on conventions. So I'm going to Spookala in December in a few weeks. And oh, wow. Yeah. And then I'm going to CreepyCon in California in February. And I have another one in August. I don't really know cons that well, but I have had people like mention them to me and say that they're interested in having me or they would love to have me like fans will reach out and say like, oh, are you going to this con? Or are you going to that con? So one I've seen a lot is like Texas Frightmare is one people ask me about a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. There's one. I think it's called Hellhound. Yeah. 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 That's another one I hear all the time. So, I mean, I'm, I will go to any con that the people running it will let me come to. Honestly, you need to come. (laughs) I'm not doing much. (laughs) You need to come to Salem horror fest. That sounds amazing too. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Which, which one is that one? The one in Massachusetts. Okay. Well, yes. Cause I knew it was Salem. Um, I think, yeah, I think I, I would, I've heard of that one and I was trying to get on it. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely come. Um, That's I'll, not the Ice Nine Kills one, is it? Um, they they have been there. They they did a couple of things there. No, they like run their own convention. No, that's sure. the um the um Silver Screen. Oh, then that Silver. was the one I was thinking of because I think that's in Boston also. Yeah, that one I think they already, they already selling tickets for. I think it's next yeah. September. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have that one. But yeah, the... um. Salem Horror Fest, Dean and I talk about it a lot because I, I love Salem Horror Fest. I support Kay Lynch and everything that she does and what she does for the horror community in general. Um, is I always try to invite everybody that we get on the show to at least come <laughs> and visit, even if, you, if you're yeah. not going to attend there as a guest because it's so awesome. And we moved it to April so that way it would be easier for people to go there because for anybody who knows, especially me, I live in Massachusetts mm. and Salem's my second my second home is that in October, it is a shit show. Um, I'm sure for Salem, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be in April, and she's renting out a giant hall for vendors. This is the biggest it's ever going to be. Dean's oh, going to be there yeah. vending. Um, nice. We may or may not be doing a live show there. Um, so That's cool. There's a lot of cool things going on, so I'm inviting you. Well, thank Come you. On and, and just... I mean, you sold me. I, I, I've been wanting to go to Salem so badly. So, yep. Uh, April's the, the best time. It's like right there yeah. in spring, the nice cool weather still. It's not too crazy. So it'd be mm-hmm. perfect. <laughs> Come would on over. Well, wouldn't she? Yeah. Hey, Kay would, love, Kay would love to have some of the terrifying guests there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and another thing I wanted to ask you is since we kind of uh, brought it up earlier was your late bloomer picture. So how did that come about? And would you want to explain to our listeners and or watchers of what exactly it is? So Late Bloomer Pictures is a film company that I co-own with my friend Marissa Bertani, who actually, fun fact, was also in Terrifier 2. She was the uh, the TV anchor in uh, oh, that okay. one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With When Sienna's like watching TV and she's talking about how Victoria Hayes messed up that woman's face. That's Marissa, my business partner. And it is a woman and queer run production company focusing on LGBT led stories. And Marissa and I, like since we've met, have always wanted to produce work together and write things together. And actually, that was how we met the Fuzz on the Lens guys. She had known them through a project that she worked on them with. And then we had hired them to help us produce a little five episode web series called roommates. And that wasn't released under late bloomer pictures that was released under fuzz on the lens, but that was the first thing that we initially had done. And, you know, since then we were just trying to figure out what our first like debut project under the company was going to be. And we actually got to film it back in April. We crowdfunded it, which was incredible that we were able to raise a budget and it's called When It Pays. And it is about a struggling writer in New York City who is coming home for the Jewish Passover holiday. And she's hiding a big secret about her career from her family. And she's, you know, the film is basically just, it's like a slice of life film that I actually star in and I was the head writer on. It isn't out yet. We are still in post-production for it, but I'm really excited to show it off to people and really show people what Late Bloomers is about and, you know, well, I'm get, excited. Get working on that, you know. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I want to see what what else you're doing um, under the scope well, of everything else. I don't want to spoil anything because it's not confirmed <laughs> yet. But we do have another little script. So it's a very short short, and I don't want to say anything about it except that it is a horror comedy, and it's incredible. It's so good, and I'm pushing for that to be our next project. So we might have we might be dipping our hands into horror just a touch for our next awesome. project. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited for all of it. I mean, keep creating, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, we're always looking for new things to watch and consume. So the more people doing that for us, uh, the better. So thank yeah. you for doing that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Dean, I don't know if you have any more you want to throw before I go to. Yeah. Um, how many times, <laughs> how many times, I bet this is a lot. How many times do you get asked to sing the Clown Cafe song? <laughs> I bet you get asked all the time. So I don't get asked to sing it that often because like I'm not face to face with people, but I do get like the question I get the most is when will it be on Spotify? And the answer to that question is, I don't know. People ask me. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know like I spoke to Damien about it and it's definitely happening. I just I, I don't have control over that. That's like not my department, but people ask yeah. me probably every day. I get that question yeah. <laughs> on Twitter specifically. How long did it take to film that whole scene? Because it's the, it's the set. It's like a kind of like a kid's TV studio, isn't it? That's the way yeah. it's all set up. How long did it take to kind of film that whole? Scene? It was five days in total. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. because everyone, in addition to everything with me and everything with art, 
there and then like Sienna with the um the sword there is also like all the deaths that happen and every single person that was mm. on set that day got a close up of their death so yeah. mm. that in itself just took so long you know there's just so many angles that need to be that we needed to get and yeah so 5 days <laughs> 5 days wow that's a long shoot and did you did you have any um input into your costume or makeup no, not so much into the costumer, the makeup, like that was all pretty much set before I got there. But what I will say about Damien that I really love working with him as a director is he, he obviously comes in with his vision, but both times I worked with him on both scenes, he's always asking for actors input. Like I specifically remember something in the nurse scene where he said, like, you know, I was holding a, a, a clipboard and he was like, you know, where, what, where do you think you're coming in from? Like, where do you think you're coming from? Does it make sense that you're holding this clipboard really asking my input because he doesn't want mm -hmm. to like dictate something to us, I guess, that's going to feel uncomfortable yeah. and then us mm -hmm. not be able to perform it well. So I always appreciated that about him, that he really does care about how the actors are feeling and their input in the scenes and stuff. And it really yeah. feels like an extremely collaborative process. Yeah, that's cool. That's something I don't really hear a lot about with other directors um, of being, you know, kind of like a, a guide to the actors mm -hmm. or not and like asking for their inputs. Usually that's like, okay, this is how it's written and this is how we're doing it. We're shooting it this way, getting it done, and that's it. So yeah. it, it's cool to hear that we have, you know, people like Damien that want to make sure that the product that he's creating for everybody, that it's, you know, it's logical in, in your mind and in, in everything else and making sure that like, okay, this is coming off naturally. It's mm -hmm. not just like a forced thing. So that's that's really cool to hear. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely appreciated that from him. I, I was listening to another chat that you did with somebody and um, that you said in, in it that you'd watched, you'd been to the theater to watch it in a, in a theater that you used to go to growing yeah. up. As a um, how, that must have been really bizarre. That must have been, <laughs> but in, in, like, in a cool way, that must have been like, wow, you know, watching all these movies kind of growing up and now you're watching yourself on this screen. <laughs> yeah. A really cool moment. That was so wild because I feel like every time I go back to that theater, it's also like next to a mall. And, you know, we always just as kids used to get dropped off at the mall and then like yeah. you meet up with your friends there. You're not like shopping. You're just kind of like that was the spot we hung out. And then the movie theater was walking distance. So every time I go there, I get this like nostalgic feel. So then yeah. to be going there and I went with my best friend from high school. And we, you know, we went to see a movie that I was in and it was crazy. And they yeah. were, I remember there were two showings that day. So we went to the earlier one. It was around like six ish. So it got out around like nine, something like that. And the theater was like when we got out of the theater, like the actual place was like packed with people. And oh, you could wow. just tell from like what people were wearing, like you could tell what film that they were oh, there yeah. for. So yeah. like, yeah, like I knew that that late showing was going to get like so many people in. So that was really cool too to like leave the theater and then come out and then like see all these people that are about to go like watch something that like you helped make. Uh, yeah. It was all really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's I so imagine cool. that's a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. Um. So another thing that we can talk about, since we're talking so much about the Clown Cafe part, how was it acting with Chris Jericho? 
Oh, so fun. That was great. So, I mean, I can't say that I was like starstruck. Like, I'm not going to lie and pretend like I'm a huge <laughs> wrestling fan because I don't sport much at all. But um, I knew that like my cousins were really into wrestling. So I texted them and I was like, before the shoot, I was like, do you guys know who Chris Jericho is? And they're like, oh my God, that's crazy. And so I knew it was a big deal, but I think because like, I didn't know who he was. I was just like, cool as a cucumber. Like I wasn't, you know, yeah. starstruck or anything like that, which is, I think a better way to be, you know, like. Yeah. Um, more level headed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I was, I, I thought the scene was so natural. I think working with him was so easy. People have even given the feedback that it like really felt like we were coworkers and we'd like known each other a really long time. And I, yeah, I just remember that being such a natural, like easy day on set and he was awesome. Like so nice. Yeah, that was great. I want more of that scene. I, I want like a whole buildup of like your actual day in the life working at that hospital before everything goes on. I yes. want more of that. Like a little short film of me and Chris just like yeah, yeah. doing our jobs. <laughs> yeah. And, I feel like and it's gonna brains. pick up. I feel like the third one's gonna pick up from there though. Damien well, did tweet something like that. He said that Terrifier 3 is gonna pick up right where Terrifier 2 left off. Yeah, so. but but that begs the question, is it gonna be with with Sienna or Sienna? with yeah or you or uh -huh. is it going to be a split reality thing so this is where you yeah. really start thinking like wow is he going in like a multi-dimensional you know film? you know when I was saying earlier on about the Nightmare on Elm Street um vibe like you know where you like for example Dream Warriors you'll see like a nurse but then a nurse will appear in the dream mm -hmm. as like like a kind of character maybe that maybe that's what he's got in mind Damien's got in mind for the character you you know the character that you played is the nurse in the clown cafe girl i don't know if that makes sense but no i get what you mean and it's also like they say something like you can't dream something unless you've physically seen it in your life before yeah, and so yeah, i yeah. wonder like because obviously sienna is dealing with mental health struggles yeah. her father was dealing with mental health struggles so have they been to this hospital before have they yeah. seen me before i think that these are all like possibilities you know yeah 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 yeah. there's also a lot of things that I've, <laughs> this is like probably the craziest theory um that i've heard is that everybody thinks art is sienna's dad i don't know I if you've seen that heard that well the day of the premiere like we were all in new york city and i had brought a friend with me and he he turned to me during the movie and was like is art sienna's dad and i was like i don't I don't think so at all. I did not get that at all, but so many other people were saying that. And the reason why I don't think it makes any sense is because I think it it was it's been a year since the first killings in Terrifier 1, but yeah. their dad hasn't been dead that long. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I, I think he yeah. died after the killings. So how could he be art? Yeah. Crazy and also with the notebook yeah. and everything with the drawings yeah it's, yeah it is crazy to think it's a cool theory to really think about um like a lot of the other ones that are out there um because there's so many of them it's so hard to keep track but that's the one that sticks out the most to me that i hear everybody talking about it's like so many people but i don't agree with that one it's so darth vader too yeah you know it's what I mean? crazy <laughs> you know it's very very crazy another one is like what i was thinking i was like what if everything sienna's seeing is not real what if like what is real is like the clown cafe or oh, the ending, but like the whole main movie is a dream. 
is all a dream. Well, I was thinking that the Clown Cafe is definitely, it's got to be hell in some respect. And I feel like all of us there are sort of like trapped in hell. Like maybe we're some of his victims or somehow related to the story. I don't really know, but that's my thought on the Clown Cafe. I'm excited to get the DVD because I know Damien is going to talk more about it because I don't. I don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, I know he tweeted out too. There's, he said there's two people on social media that know what the significance of Clown Cafe is, like 100. Yeah. percent He said when the DVD comes out, I talk about it in the comment on the commentary. So I'm very, very excited to what it actually means because, like, we all Me have too. our theories. Like, hell is what I was thinking. Like, that's the one I'm thinking of too. It's like this is Sienna's hell, um, and it's like her way of bringing art here or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Doesn't really pop up uh officially in her life until after she dreams about him yeah um, so this so much to this this movie <laughs> so much yeah um so um another thing I, I wanted to talk to you about because you you do a lot of content you don't just do you know the movies and whatnot you also do streaming and you also yeah. do a co-host um spot on it's all geek to me podcast so um how's the podcast going Oh, the podcast is going great. We are less than a year old. We're a little baby podcast, but we're doing really well for how young we are. And we're getting such great responses from people. Essentially, the the concept of it is two best friends experiencing nerdy franchises for the first time. But for seasons one and two, I have experienced these franchises already. So I'm just like showing them to Kelly for the first time, my co-host. So for season one, we watched through all the Lord of the Rings, which are my favorite movies of all time. And now we're doing Star Wars. And yeah, we just basically watch the movies in chunks and then record episodes and sort of just like go through everything and our thoughts. I share fun facts along the way. And that's just been so good. And it's it's one thing I I think alongside late bloomer pictures is something I'm really trying to put my focus into like those two projects, because I like being the person in charge of the creativity, if that makes sense. Like I love being an actor, but I also like being able to make the behind the scenes decisions as well. Yeah. And both of those projects allow me to do that. And like with a podcast, there's so much you can do, you know, um mm-hmm. and, and the streaming also that you've been doing i mean you've been doing horror games which you know that this fuels even more of your love for the horror genre and um how has that been going yeah that's been good that i've been doing for like a little over a year and a half and i knew going into it that i wanted to be a horror streamer but i also felt like i needed a little bit of like time to just sort of get used to streaming so i started with like nostalgia streaming kind of doing older retro games like old Mario games and Zelda and um that was fun because it was like easy for me these are like games that I've played before but once I started transitioning into horror maybe like five or six months ago I made the switch over that has just it's been so so much fun because the games I primarily play are these like story formatted games where you're like making decisions that are then going to impact the story. And if you choose wrong, your characters will die gruesome deaths. (laughs) So those are so fun because they stress me out. The jump scares always get me. (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like just watching movies with your friends, but I get to choose how they end. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Those are so fun to play. And it's been a really great way to connect with, 
more people in the terrifier community. Like they've been really great and supportive over there on the channel and helping me grow. And yeah, I just want to give everyone as much and the best content as possible. And I have many ways that I'm doing that <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. I, I need to tune into the streams. Me. I really, really. They're <laughs> fun. We have a good time. You totally should. <laughs> Go ahead, Dean. I think you had something you wanted to say. Oh, no, no. I'm good. No, man. You good? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just listening to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what stream. Oh, okay. Sorry, 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 man. I was gonna say, what's the, what the name of that podcast again? I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that podcast out. It's called "It's All Geek to Me." It's all geek to me. Yeah. I can send you a link after too. I actually started listening. Um, ah, think, nice. This week, so I need, I need to backtrack and actually start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, well, what's great about it is each season lives independently of each other. Like you don't need to listen. If you're not interested in Lord of the Rings, you don't have to listen to that one. You could just go straight to Star Wars or vice versa. So that's what's good about it too. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we kind of like us, like this podcast, uh, we're only a little over a year. We're probably like a year, I want to say seven months. So we're pretty new too. And um, just seeing how fast you can grow as a podcast. And I, mm-hmm. I know, especially Terrifier's definitely been helping you out on on all aspects and everything. And uh, that's why I'm excited to really jump into your streams, see um, how the horror community is treating you because horror community is great. And uh, that's oh, one yeah. thing everybody always you know talks about. It's like how great the community is with conventions and also on social media and supporting mm-hmm. other people's content and whatnot. Um. So I'm I'm very very excited to see how everybody is interacting over there and even make new friends. You know that's that's yeah. why I love doing this show is we make friends like you. Now you're part yeah. of the family and, and whatnot. And <laughs> no, then going I love that on too. Streaming. I love how many people I've I've had the opportunity to meet and talk with and. Yeah, especially over on the stream, like everyone is so nice and supportive and they're just constantly saying like so many people are saying how happy they are. that They're like a part of the community now. And like, I'm just happy that I'm through Terrifier and through the horror community that I'm able to just carve out like my little corner of the Internet with these like just awesome people. And I'm I'm having like just a ton of fun these past few months just making content and connecting with people and i can't wait for the conventions to just like chat with people more oh yeah keep grinding keep grinding yeah. that's that, that's Never what stop. life's all about now is grinding mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah we, we've got some great um conventions over here in the uk as well so if we get to see this side of the pond that would be amazing i would love will be that. vending them oh yeah <laughs> we, i work I, I pretty much work at all of them <laughs> but there's a there's a there's two really really good horror ones specifically um there's one in Sheffield there's one in Manchester which was just last October but um I think they're looking at Dean's getting box. Quite... oh yeah uh, all <laughs> of MC. his hot sauce box oh fun that, it, that needs that needs filling up man it needs filling up um, oh. yeah, there's one... <laughs> <clears throat> I'll send you some over there's one in particular called for the love of horror that was the one that uh, Damien David and Samantha were at recently yeah and I think they're looking at getting um some more terrified guests over again next year um if I could come out there, I 100% would. I haven't been to England yeah. in a long time, and I'd like to go back. Uh, so you have visited before? I actually studied abroad in London. So I was there for like six months. It was like the first time I ever like lived on my own, like outside of a dorm in my like own apartment. In so. London too, wow. What, what part of yeah. London? Um, I was at the University of Westminster, and okay, I was yeah. living um, 
in West London, like just outside of Notting Hill. Like, like Gloucester Road or something like that? Or I that's so familiar. I I w I don't think I was over there, but there's like there's a canal and then there's the um the, the there's a Portobello market. I was oh, right yeah, near yeah, the market. Yeah, I was like a few blocks away from that. Ah, that's cool. I was just—I wonder because we—I—I—I I, I played in bands for years and years, and we used to play in a club in Soho, and um, there was tons of American students that used to come <laughs> check the band. We didn't go on till like midnight, and I, the majority of them were all kind of staying that that part of London or like Gloucester Road, Earl's Court, all around that kind of area as well. So yeah, oh, I just wondered fun. if you ever pass through i probably uh, have honestly i don't remember yeah. like every single place that i've been to there but i know i spent a lot of time in cam in camden specifically oh yeah that's yeah. my spiritual home camden mm -hmm. yeah. that's i where love I that tells I love me about it. camden all the time that's, oh, that's it's right. so good i'm 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 making my way over to the uk very soon i don't i don't travel um like at all especially with mm. having um a four-year-old who's going to be five in february oh and a partner, everything in our life has just been so crazy. And this podcast has been taking up a lot of time, but it's good time. And I, I love doing yeah. the show. And having you on, Leah, is just it's been awesome. Um, we took a little bit of a break, so um, your episode's going to be the first one to come out after about a week and a half break. Oh, so, nice! So um, I can't I can't wait for everybody to listen to this and you know hear more about the things that you're doing outside of Terrifier and you know, carving and you carving out some time out of your other schedules to come over here and and talk to Dean and I. This is this has been great. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. It's always fun. I like talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Clip that. <laughs> and I'm very humble as well. Extremely humble. <laughs> yeah. Um Dean, I don't know if you have any uh any questions that you want to throw um last or whatnot. No man, I'm good. I'm good. My my list is all ticked off. Yeah. Um, I've Leah. Been, yeah, I've just been listening to everything that you've been up to, and I'm definitely going to go and check that podcast out. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's fun. It's fun. But, Leah, um, would you sing a little bit of Clown Cafe for us? Oh, putting me on the spot. Okay. I could do a little bit. All right. I wish I had sing my guitar out. with me. <laughs> Drop on by the Clown Cafe, your favorite meals on wheels. The menu is disgusting, and it's full of special deals. Nothing here is good for you, so grab yourselves a tray, because food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. All right. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, so fun. <laughs> yes. All right. We're gonna we're gonna um send you to our record, and they're gonna sign you, and you're just gonna produce that one yeah. song in multiple versions and make millions of dollars. Okay. Amazing. We'll we'll do it in every genre. Every exactly. genre. Same exactly. song. <laughs> oh, we'll do it in polka next. Polka yes. the next one. Amazing. <laughs> Slipknot version. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, this has been great, Leah. Thank you for you know carving out the time and spending it with us, and I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon and talking about some other projects. Yeah. Definitely checking out. Everything at Late Bloomers. I really respect that out. Catch up on your podcast. And this is everything else everybody listening and watching needs to do. And go into <laughs> streaming and watch everything else that you're going to be doing. We'll be uh, keeping track of uh, your, your roadmap, essentially, yeah. of everything coming out. So, And maybe and, uh, I'll get to see you in Salem in yes, April. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Try to make that happen. For sure. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be there. Even if, if it's not the fest, I'll be there throughout the year. So, been great. Um, Dean, now as always, thank you for being well and taking the time because I know you are five hours ahead of us, so it's always, you know, it's, it's a lot I know for you, and it, it's, it's great. It's worth it, man. It's, it's worth it, man. I love being here. 
<laughs> so Leah, thank you so much for for being here, and we will let you off the hook now. Let you go and uh, prepare for anything else you got going on this week. This was Baron's Hideout Podcast. I was Leah Voicey, Dean of the Dead. Catch everybody next time. Have a good one.